Support for Always Sunny and Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you precision-engineered tools for your grooming experience. So Manscaped was kind enough to hook us up with their best-selling product, the Lawnmower 3.0, and no joke, you guys, this thing's slick. Uh, I'm not going to do an ad read for a company that I don't believe in personally, and I'm here to tell you that if you have any shaving needs for any hair on your body, this takes care of it. Uh, it's a great little, great little buzzer, great product. I'm a super hairy guy, and if I'm going to recommend a product on the show, it's going to be something that actually impresses me, and so consider me impressed. Here are the deets straight from the Manscaped ad copy. Their third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, which is pretty cool. Something that I haven't seen a lot of the razors and the LED light, um, it's built in right on the front of it and illuminates whatever you're shaving. So it's a great product. I'm a huge fan. Get 20% off and free shipping on your whole entire order if you use the promo code SUNNYNKC on the manscaped.com website. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use SUNNYNKC. And honestly, we need you guys to use this code to secure our deal with Manscaped long term. So please use the code. Let Austin and I know about it. We'll shout you out on the podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Welcome in, everybody, to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. It is July 15th that we are recording this. We have a very special guest, and I'll introduce him in a minute. But first, it is our Super Bowl bye week. Folks, we have been recapping every game from the 2019 championship season. Last week, we did Tennessee versus Kansas City in Arrowhead to send the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. This week, we're taking a bye. We'll recap the Super Bowl next week, and it will be a monster, so join us next week. But this week, we're going to do your mailbag, and to help us with that, we have Wichita Chief Sam, Sam Hayes. Sam, say hi. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Sam is one of our colleagues over at Sports Illustrated. You can check out his work there. It's Arrowhead Report. You can follow it on Twitter at SI Chiefs. And Sam, what have you been writing about lately? Uh, so my recent uh, article that came out, today was about McCole Hardman and why he deserves to be an every down receiver. So it was very interesting to look into McCole Hardman. Obviously we all knew that he was very talented and that he made a lot of huge plays in the season, but it, it was interesting to see how little he was really on the field. It was even less than you'd think. And he made even more big plays than you'd think to where his efficiency numbers were just off the charts. And despite having way less snaps and way less targets than Demarcus Robinson, his overall volume stats were way better than Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. And when you look at his efficiency numbers versus rookie Tyree kill, some people are saying that's not fair because rookie Tyree had Alex Smith and rookie Hardman had 
uh, Mahomes, of course. That's a fair but, argument. <laughs> but it, it is a fair argument. But I still think that the difference between the two, it's not even close in their efficiency numbers to where Hardman is way beyond rookie Tyreek Hill. That's the thing that interested me most. The number that jumped out to me the most in your article, Sam, was ty- rookie Tyreek Hill had 9.8 yards per offensive touch and rookie McCall Hardman had 16.5 <laughs> yards per offensive that, touch. That blew me away. I mean, that I is, that. and because Tyreek is the ultimate big play weapon. And even in his rookie year, even in his when, rookie year, yeah. Even when he was still getting things going, he had the, the streak of, I believe it was four straight games to end the year of a 70 yard touchdown or, yep. or more. So, I mean, he was as home run hitter as you can get. And yet McCole Hardman was beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's impressive. Well, everybody go check that out. Check out Taylor and I's work as well. We'll have some stuff coming up here on SI chiefs at SI chiefs arrowhead report. Go check that out. Fellas, before we get in the mailbag, we have a little bit of news. So Taylor, news, you want to do the news, 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 news. So I mentioned we're recording this on July 15th, yesterday, July 14th, some huge news in chiefs kingdom. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Chris Jones signed to a four-year extension, $85 million. And this is something, guys, that uh, we'll kind of unpack this. I'll get your thoughts on it. But really came as as a pretty big surprise. Obviously, uh, we all remember less than four months ago on March 30th when the Chiefs had $177 (laughs) in cap space. We are one week removed from the Chiefs signing Patrick Mahomes to a $503 million contract. And yet somehow... Brett Veach found enough money in the cap cushions to work in Chris Jones, a hugely productive elite player in his prime, maybe the second best interior pass rusher in the NFL after Aaron Donald. What do you guys think? Sam, we'll start with you. Uh, oh man, I, I am very happy to see this happen. I, I know that there's some analytics people and uh, salary cap people around me that are a little bit more cautious because Obviously, coverage. We know that coverage is more valuable than pass rushing. We we have watch the, out for your Twitter <laughs> mentions. We we, ha, we have the data to prove this. So <laughs> they'll still be in your mentions, buddy. It, it, they'll still be in my mentions, but it's we have the data to prove it. But despite that, Chris Jones is basically the only defensive tackle besides Aaron Donald that has more value than multiple elite edge defenders, and that is unbelievable he is a rare player my, my first article is of course about Chris Jones and how he's even better than all of us think he he how good we think he is he's actually better than that and that's amazing because he, we he, think he's real good he, he's good. really 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 good but he is on some on a historic pace and I think he will finish as one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time. I think Aaron Donald will be the greatest defensive tackle of all time and that he, he ha, he's in a great position to be the greatest defensive player of all time, period. Yeah. What he's doing is just astronomical. Even he, he even blows Chris Jones out of the water with his numbers. Sure. But Donald's an alien, I, yeah. He, he's a freak. But I think Chris Jones will also end up as one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time, and that is very exciting. Well, and he'll certainly end up as one of the greatest Chiefs defensive tackles of all time, which is saying something because that is pretty lofty um, standards. And it's just a testament to the front office. It's a testament to Chris Jones' ability to actually sit down with them and work out a deal. It's also a testament to Pat Mahomes because it's been said time and time again that when they were – um, negotiating for his contract, he wanted to work in some flexibility, especially 
these next couple of years when he knows things are going to be a little bit tight. And it just, it, it's all coming up roses. It's all coming up chiefs lately. And it, it's just impossible to think that back when the off season started that they, you know, they hadn't signed Sammy yet. They hadn't brought back Breland. They hadn't done any of the, the little one-year deals that they did. They got all of those deals knocked out. Then they went after the big fish. Then they got, you know, they got their big $500 million contract ironed out and then they topped it all off with the second best defensive lineman in football. It's, it's been just amazing to watch, especially with our history of cap, um, idiocy, I guess, for lack of a better term with, <laughs> with all the, yeah, exactly. You know, with all the really bad defensive contracts that were handed out over the years to be able to see the situation that it is now is uh, it's been, it's been wild. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, Brett Veach has put a clown suit on the rest of the NFL. Like, let's yes. face it. So, yeah. so there were, uh, I don't know the exact number. I think maybe 13 guys that were tagged. And aside from Chris Jones, who obviously got an extension, the only other guy to get an extension and just barely sneaking it in before the deadline this afternoon was Derrick Henry, who mm-hmm. got about $25 million guaranteed, which for running back, I mean, I think we probably are all in agreement, um, judging from our Twitter takes, that, you know, that's that's actually fairly reasonable money for Derrick Henry uh, yeah. compared to what we've seen with the, the Zeke deal and the Todd Gurley deal. But that was the only one. Justin Simmons, you know, one of the best safeties in the NFL and just right across the pond. In Denver, didn't get a deal done with John Elway. He will play on the tag. Dak Prescott, who has been trying to get a long-term deal with the Cowboys and vice versa for a year and a half, two years, did not get a deal done. And there was a, a little news blurb that he maybe was interested in a deal that came you know, this afternoon and they didn't get it done in time. I mean, meanwhile, Brett Veach is just out here flexing <laughs> on people. He signed a half a billion dollar contract. And a week later, here he is signing another big deal. And these are, you know, Miles Garrett signed a, a big extension with the Browns. He wasn't on the tag. Right. But the Chiefs have made now two of the biggest deals of the offseason, you know, in consecutive weeks. And we're talking about in an environment like we're currently sitting in where we hope there's going to be a season. You know, we're, we're, we're thinking there will be a season in some fashion for Clark Hunt to pony up that kind of guaranteed money. And in doing so, you know, making the players comfortable with taking less money up front in a signing bonus to take longer deals in the case of Pat, you know, to give the team really some flexibility. It's amazing. It speaks to, you know, Clark Hunt's vision. Um, Obviously the chiefs uh, cap guy, Brant Tillis, who I was not familiar with until field Yates kind of shouted him out. And now he's sort of a, a new celebrity. MGB. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really incredible to think about, the amount of work it took for the chiefs to get all of these deals done. And they did it. I mean, like this is the off season of all off seasons. Yeah. This is where everything is in flux. Everything is you, you have to be able to plan and you have to be able to strategize in a way that you just don't need to during most um, off seasons. It's just too important right now. And I know this has been mentioned um, in a couple of your Twitter conversations. And uh, we mentioned this on the uh, Sports Illustrated Roundtable, which you can all go check out on si.com slash chiefs. But uh, Chiefs chairman and CEO Clark Hunt being the chairman also of the NFL's finance committee is not something to overlook. It is, yeah. it is absolutely, if there's one owner that's going to have his finger on the pulse of where the, the cap is going and what the finances look like in general for the NFL, it's obviously the chief of the finance committee. And for him to be okay with this move, it just, it just speaks volumes to the confidence that the chiefs have that they're not 
hamstringing themselves. They're not saying that if we sign these players, we're, we're not going to be able to field a competitive team in two years or anything like that. All these, all these crazy people that, you know, these fans have got to just be killing themselves right now, looking at the chiefs and just with envy, just thinking like, how can this team yeah. just, just sign all of these guys and field a, a Super Bowl contending team? And they just, you know, they, they fall back on, well, they won't be able to in a couple of years. But um, got news for you guys. They are going to be here for a while. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's funny. I mentioned uh, on Twitter uh, some of the people who will be free agents within the next couple of years. I, I think a couple uh, you two may have seen that. But uh, – I put out like a, a, a note from my phone of just listing people who are free agents the next two seasons. And I think they could totally handle this. Yeah. I just, just, just looking from the outside, I, I think they can handle this. Tyron Matthews free agent 2022. He's already getting paid a lot. Mitchell Schwartz free agent 2022. He's already getting paid a lot. Travis Kelsey, same thing. 2022 getting paid a lot. Eric Fisher again, 2022 getting paid a lot. So it's not like those guys are going to have to get big pay increases. The only ones who might get a pay increase uh, with a decent amount is Traverius Ward next year. Yeah. Der- Derek Nottie, 2022, maybe, but I don't know if he'll get that. He's still mainly a run defender. He's not getting much on the pass rush. And right. then I suppose Kelsey, because Kelsey's, uh, Kelsey's been making like $11 million recently. This, ne- this last year, he'll be making about $9 million. Mm-hmm. And then uh, George Kittle, of course, right now is asking for $15 million. Well deserved. Sure, he deserves every penny of that. George Kittle is incredible, yeah, amazing. So, player. if Travis Kelsey wants to match that, that's totally fair. Even though he's a lot older than Kittle at this point, if he wants to match that, that's fine. That's still an increase. That's a decent amount, but it's not horrible. Well, and they're going to have other young players that are going to be playing above their pay grade as well. So, you know, people seem to think that when you pay guys long-term that you stop drafting players too, that you stop, well, you know, you stop bringing that is in the Los Angeles. Rams. <laughs> that exactly right. Ooh. I mean, that's how, that's how they think all these teams operate. And they just, they don't realize that a lot of the reason that the chiefs have been able to build this team is through the draft. I mean, yeah. the, you know, tons of these guys are homegrown and it's just, it's the, the NFL is so screwed right now with the chiefs. <laughs> they're just so screwed and they, they're trying to reject reality, but, um, it's coming. And uh, how, how about some of those uh, more recent draft picks, though? With Juan Thornhill, McCole Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Willie Gay Jr., all these guys look really good. Young studs. So yeah. if, if, we, if we could keep that going with new, good talent, like actual good picks through the draft constantly over and over, we could keep paying stars and be fine. Yeah, just to kind of wrap this conversation up before we get into the mailbag. I mean, like the way I see it, and I to your point, Taylor, I'm glad you brought up, you know, obviously Clark Hunt being on the finance committee. I mean, the Chiefs are are making a an educated guess here that the cap is going to go up. They know the cap is going to go up when mm-hmm. the new TV contracts are signed. Obviously, there's some uncertainty right now, but they know that eventually there's going to be a very big influx into the cap in in a way that we probably have not seen since the salary cap became a thing. Like, I mean, at least not in the last 10 years in the last CBA. So the Chiefs know that that's coming. They probably have as good idea as anybody of when it's coming and how, how big it's going to be. But even if they even if they guess wrong a little bit, they've given themselves so much flexibility. You know, they could trade Chris Jones tomorrow. I hope yeah. they don't. 
but they have that flexibility. And then with a 12 year contract, essentially for Patrick Mahomes with a $10 million signing bonus, they can restructure that contract (laughs) as many times as they want. And you always have to be careful, you know, when you, when you kind of double down and you, you push your debt off into future seasons and everything like that. But we haven't really ever seen this scenario play out before in the NFL. You know, I've seen comps to the Rams who I was just throwing under the bus, you know, comps to the Vikings, the saints, the Eagles have done this a little bit. The Falcons, those are kind of the examples of teams recently that have built with a lot of big mega contracts, but those teams were all doing it with, out this knowledge that the cap was going to explode in the yeah. next two or three seasons, the chiefs have done all of this so strategically and they've, they've known that they were going to blow out Papa Holmes contract from the day, the day that they drafted him. Right. But to be able to plan for all these other contracts to kind of come due and to have the flexibility to kind of maneuver into that window where eventually that money's going to hit. And frankly, when it does, the chiefs are going to have the benefit of having a bunch of elite players on their <laughs> roster that they can pay what they're worth. Right. Like yeah. these other teams that don't have the talent. Okay. So, so in, you know, three years, the Colts or whoever are going to have $150 million in cap space. What are you going to spend it on? Right. You know, like all, all of the good players are going to be locked up and the chiefs have gotten their guys locked up. They've done it early. I just think, I, I mean, I think the risk here is, is actually pretty low given what we know the cap situation is going to be like, or, or we're pretty sure the cap situation is going to be like here in the next two or three seasons. I think that's fair. And I think the other thing that's great about it from a chiefs fan perspective is a lot of these players can get locked up on other teams, but I don't really find their core to be that envious. I, I don't feel like I've ever seen a core locked up. That's Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Frank oh, I mean, Clark, Chris Jones. I mean, these guys are all the best of the best at their positions. They, these are not just overpaid. You know, I mean, it, it, it's one of those deals where you do have to pay for premium talent in the NFL, but when they're your guys and you can extend them like this and you can get them for, you know, you always pay a little bit over the top when you're bringing a guy in as opposed to drafting him and then extending him. And it's just, it, it's just such a fun situation because all of these guys are so, 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 so good at football that you could surround them with a bunch of replacement players and still have a hell of a football team. Yeah. So I think that kind of does it for Chris Jones. We'll probably circle back and mention his name uh, another time or two throughout this episode, but let's get in the mailbag. We got a lot of good questions this week and we're going to kick it off with a question from our bird of war at vitamin J. Vitamin J asks, are you going to talk about the name redacted name (laughs) issue? We're talking about the Washington football team. I'm just curious to hear y'all's thoughts on the issue since it will most likely eventually extend to the chiefs and possibly other sports teams with native American names slash features. So I'll take the first crack at this. Um, I just want to say as a white man, I'm not going to tell people what they should and should not be offended by. I I'm not in a position to make that call. I know there are a lot of native American groups uh, who are in the chief's corner. They have had pretty good outreach with a lot of native American groups. Obviously they, they frequently will do, you know, they'll have a, a somebody come in and do a prayer or, a, you know, a ritual kind of before the game. But there are also a lot of Native American groups that have been against the Chiefs, not only the name, but the imagery, the traditions, things like the chop for a number of years and who do find it offensive, who who would prefer to see it changed. Um, 
obviously Washington's was in a different ballpark. I think we can all agree on that and should have gone by the wayside a long time ago. And really as professional sports teams go, you know, the Cleveland Indians uh, got rid of their extremely racist. Chief Wahoo. Uh, yeah. Chief Wahoo is gone. Uh, the Indians probably still have the target on their back first, but it's definitely coming for the chiefs. And you know, for my part, like like I said, I'm not going to tell people what they should and shouldn't be offended by because I'm not part of a group that's marginalized by any of this. And if it if it means the Chiefs are going to have to change their name, or at the very least, I think this is probably more likely, are going to have to to clamp down on some things like the tomahawk chop and people dressing up in Native American regalia, which I I don't know if your guys' experiences have been different from mine. I don't see a whole lot of that at the stadium, but I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't exist. Um, you know, if the Chiefs have to do that, uh, so be it. You know, I, I can get to a place where I can accept that that's something that needs to happen. I hope it doesn't, but if it does, you know, so be it. Yeah, I, I agree a lot. I think that the Washington name is definitely a different thing. It's a slur whereas yeah. chiefs is not a slur it's just some actual titles that were used but uh yeah if if uh, some things happen with traditions and names and logos or whatever i that might just be fair it, it's it's a tough subject it's a subject we're going to deal with for a long time but like again as as white people we are not exactly in the best position to tell people what to think and tell people what to get offended by. We just have, it, it, it is time to listen, I guess. I agree with that. Um, I also think that there's just a, the conversation while it is uncomfortable at first gets more comfortable the, the further in time we go. And the more examples we've seen of teams that, you know, Washington is doing a good thing. They're doing it too late, but they are, yeah, and they're doing the, it for the wrong reasons. And they're doing it for the wrong reasons because <laughs> it's for be money. Clear. And Dan yeah. Snyder basically would say, over my dead body, are we ever changing this team? And then... No. Yeah, he literally did say yeah. that. He did. Uh, again, yeah, and, and again, remember how they mentioned sponsors before fans <laughs> yeah, in their yeah. letter, and they, right. and they included the logo and the name in Yeah, they letter. did. Like a they, swan that, song for the... Yeah, yeah, it was bad. What, it was bad one, one last time, guys. Yeah, yeah right. But exactly. I also think there is some room for some creative, um, I guess, juice to be injected into the Chiefs franchise. Um, I think that there are a couple directions that... I've seen some fans just kind of throw out there in this discussion online that I've at least found myself interested in. One of which would be the fire chiefs, which the Chiefs still, but it would be the, all the iconography and all of the, the themes of the team would be changed to fire chief and you could chop wood chop, you know, with your ax <laughs> um, with the chops and, and it's still uh, red and yellow, which is a, a sure, you know, true. I mean, you there's know, a lot of the colors, you get to keep the colors, you get to keep the chiefs, you get to keep all the everything there, except you drop the native American references. And I, I definitely could see myself if they announced that that was the plan. I am not going to be heartbroken about that by any means. I still, all my chiefs gear would still, you know, you could change the arrowhead into like a like a axe head or or some sort of. I mean, you know, no, that'd be they, a little funky. They that's, could, that that's the one that would change the most. The arrowhead for sure would have to. They would have to come up with something creative with there. But I, there are enough creative people involved with this that I I do trust them. The other thing I saw was a change back to like the kings 
the Kansas City Kings or the Monarchs. Um, it's or the Monarchs, um, some sort of royalty type of um, theme there. That although it would be a hard pill to swallow at first for all of us oh, that, have, that yeah. have been absolute, you know, diehard Chiefs fans our whole lives and everything. Um, you know, we're still going to have football at the end of the day. And we're still going to have Patrick Mahomes. We're still going to have Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if what if we're the flying purple people eaters if it's Pat Mahomes. Like, give yeah. me give me Pat Mahomes playing football. Yeah, and I think I, I mean of the names that have kind of been thrown around. I mean, it sounds like we're all kind of all on the same page. I I hope it doesn't come to that because obviously, as a fan, you don't want to see it come to that. But you know, um, I, I really like the idea of uh, if there was to be a name change, and I'm not saying that I support that, um, sure. but if there was, I, I do really like the Monarchs. I like kind of a rebrand of Chiefs. Um, Monarchs, obviously, after the Negro Leagues baseball team, which had a ton of success in Kansas City, one of the great Negro League franchises of all time, Satchel Page, Buck O'Neill, mm-hmm. a lot of famous Negro Leaguers played for the Monarchs, and it's just kind of a cool name. Now, you would not be able to you would not be able to shout that over the end of the national anthem because it's too many syllables. That's so important. that is important. <laughs> so a one yeah. syllable name may, maybe is preferable. That was the argument I saw for the Kings is because you could still go the sure. home, home of the Kings. Of the Kings. Which I mean, would be a hilariously ironic thing to say over the national uh, anthem, which correct. is, you know, <laughs> that would be which is basically like, yeah. yeah, it's all about f- we fuck are, the Kings. We but. are the home of the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we are, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's a great question, Vitamin J. Obviously, we appreciate uh, you giving us the opportunity to kind of discuss that. Something that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, as of the time that we're taping this, the Washington football franchise still has not announced their new name. So nope. um, I'm pulling for, I don't know if you saw a copyright troll or a trademark yeah. troll. Yeah. Uh, He's been doing it for years. Names. He's been is, doing it for years. Is it Radskins? Yes. It- I'm hoping for the Radskins. <laughs> I think uh, that's the one uh, that yes. I'm hoping they buy off of him. The Washington Redskins. I'm, I'm hoping for the Sentinels from the replacements. The Washington. Oh, Sentinels. that would be good too. Um, in all seriousness, uh, Red Tails seems Red like it would be pretty cool. Yeah, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty pretty cool option. The Washington After Monuments. Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, that would be a good one too. Um, I just like I that mean, name a lot. Yeah, it's great. I mean, anything anything is better than what they had. So. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. So we got another question here from Star Lord at Chiefs Burner. Uh, he wants to know our official statistical predict our prediction. Excuse me, for major Chiefs offensive players. Pat, Clyde, Dame, Tyreek, Sammy, McColl, Trav. Decent offensive stats are fun. If you want, proud of you guys. Keep up the great pod. Thank you for that. Thanks, Star Lord. We appreciate that. Uh, Taylor, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Um, I tend to, whether it's half jokingly or half serious or not, but um, I have all of the faith in the world in Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and this offensive juggernaut that they've built. And we are going to take this question with a gigantic grain of salt that there will be a six, 17 game regular season this year because 16, game regular season, 16, 16 this year, they're going to 17, I guess, probably next year or the year after. Cor- correct. You're right. 17 week, 16 game regular season that may or may not happen. And if that does, obviously these, these predictions mean nothing. However, um, well, they I mean have nothing regardless, but predictions, <laughs> that is, predictions that is, are meaningless. That, that is also that, true, that, but that I didn't is, want to tell Star-Lord that. Um, <laughs> I think that they are poised to just dunk on the NFL, the likes of which the NFL has never seen before. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Number one, the, the, the talent and the scheme and all that stuff. I mean, they clearly have the, the pieces to do it. But number two, coming off of the Super Bowl, now – 
and Austin and I have covered this a couple times, but Andy has nothing left to prove. Pat is, is just, you know, didn't win the MVP because he got hurt last year, but clearly wants to get back onto that Jordan-esque trajectory of of throwing 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards and stuff like that. So I'm I'm couching all that to say that I am predicting just numbers to fall off the scoreboard this year. I think that Pat is going to get give, give, give them, give, give, Pat's give me the get numbers. 60 and six K he's going to throw for <laughs> 60 touchdowns and 6,000 yards. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to win rookie of the year and he's going to have 1800 all purpose yards and six touchdowns. Damian Williams will fade a little bit. He still is a, a useful back. And I still think that they're going to give him a lot of touches. I think something like 800 yards and, and maybe five or six total touchdowns for him. Tyreek said that he wants 2000 yards receiving. Yes, he did. That has been, you know, something that I think he is more than capable of achieving. And I'm going to give him 2150 this year. Jesus he is going to go. <laughs> he is going to, well, if Pat's getting the 6,000, well, sure. yeah, you know, he's going to be throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, Sammy, I'm not quite sure. I think he's probably going to be back, back more around the 800 or 900 range that we would expect out of Sammy. Um, McColl, I do see taking a big step forward in his second year and I could see a 1500 yard season out of him pretty easily 14, something like that. And tons of touchdowns. I think McColl Hardman is going to lead the league or lead the, at least the chiefs, maybe the league in receiving touchdowns. I just think he's going to hit Homer after Homer after Homer and, Trav is going to be there to clean up anything in the red zone that um, that they don't punch in right away. Uh, don't really do defensive stats because defense, meh. But uh, Chris Jones <laughs> going to go nuts. Lots that's right. Uh, that's right. Defense doesn't matter. Defense De- doesn't win championships. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Offense wins championships. So, um, so what? What? Uh, Sam, what do you let, got? Let so me. I let me actually. Let me go second here because okay. I think we will go down from yours, Taylor, and then <laughs> to we'll yours, end. and then to Sam's. Yeah, and then the we'll realistic end with Sam's. Yeah, exactly. Sam's got his uh, his uh, PFF hat on, his <laughs> realist hat on. So I had fifty four hundred and fifty two for Pat, which I thought was you know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> we're still talking about it. We're talking about a sixteen game season. I really do think, though, I, there is something to be said for number one. If we have a season the chiefs just being so much better prepared and able to execute more than pretty much any other team that they play. So yes, yes, this is a, this is a bullish prediction, but I do think, I mean, they do carry in a lot of inbuilt advantages and honestly, the, the shakier, the prospect of us having a season gets, if we have one, the better it is for the chiefs. So I'm going to say 5,452 for Pat YOLO we'll just break all the records another 5050 season i did not give tyreek 2150 yards is that is breaking the nfl record yeah. by almost 200 yards i know, <laughs> I know. it's uh, a Tyree single kill man the single season record is megatron in 2012 with 1964 That's right tyreek's career high is 1479 yeah i'm gonna go with 1800 i think he gets 1800 i, I mean yeah by I game really nine <laughs> i really do think like there is something to be said for now that all these guys are paid and all these guys have a ring like why not just why not dunk on the league? like i i really do think that some of the traditional andy reed restraint will be gone uh but i'm not gonna go so far as to predict record-breaking performances for every guy that's in the what roster. i'm here for buddy yeah, I did have Tyreek with 16 touchdowns, which would be great. Uh, Travis, I do think, will end up in the 12 to 1300 yard mark again. 
he typically does not end up with, you know, a ton of touchdowns, but I'm going to go with another 10 touchdown season for him, which would tie his career high. Uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy's career high is 14 or 1047 in the yardage. I think he gets about 900, maybe nine, nine touchdowns. Uh, McColl, obviously Sam just wrote his article, which he talked about earlier about him needing to have a bigger role in the offense. I think as a big play threat, he'll be there. And I do think in terms of snap counts, you know, this hopefully is the year we see him supplant Demarcus Robinson, but I had him for 708 and then running backs. To be honest with you guys, I have no idea what to predict for our running backs because I don't really know what their usage is going to be like. Um, And to be fair, I also don't care about running backs. (laughs) So I just skipped that and I don't care about defense (laughs) either. I I just Uh, predicted quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. Hey man, we're giving the people what they want. We are giving the people. Now here comes Sam to pour cold water (laughs) over all of this with his realistic projections. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I did. uh, I I have some numbers. And while you were talking, I was looking at some of the PFF projections on their website and it pretty much lines up a decent amount with what they would expect uh i have mahomes about 4500 yards 41 touchdowns i have a decent amount more touchdowns for mahomes than they do but it's basically about the same yardage uh i think that would still be it'd be an amazing season season, an mvp worthy season possibly for mahomes that would be incredible um edwards alaire I got him probably about 1,200 combined yards, 900 yeah, rushing. for him, so that's, yeah, about, that's good. Yep. About 900 rushing, 300 receiving, maybe nine touchdowns. That would be pretty good. He's going to cook, uh, man. He's going to be good. I, 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 ho- I hope so. I, I know it's not fun to have first-round pick go to that position, <laughs> but, but now it's, that it's, we've gotten but na- but, but But now that, now that he's here, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rooting, rooting for the best for him. Um, <laughs> Tyreek, I got about 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's that's still pretty good. Kelsey, about, <laughs> 13, 1300, <laughs> Kelsey, about 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. Hardman, about 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Watkins, 505. Damian, 500 rushing, 200 receiving, three touchdowns. All right. Those are very reasonable predictions, and I hope that you are completely wrong about all of them. They, it's still a hell of an offense. I hope I'm wrong too. I hope I'm wrong too. Thank you for the question, Chiefs Burner, Star Lord. Uh, we've got a question here, Taylor, from our Bird of War, Zach, <laughs> at the layman's terms. You want to handle this one? I do. Zach says, you are transported to an alternate timeline where the cast of It's Always Sunny has been swapped with one other comedy slash sitcom. What two shows feature the swapped cast and in what roles? <laughs> so um, obviously Seinf- or, uh, Always Sunny did a Seinfeld kind of, I, I wouldn't call it a crossover episode, but they were imagining scenarios. And one of those scenes played out that they were, the Sunny cast was in Seinfeld. So I can't really get that image out of my head of Charlie as Kramer doing the Kramer walk through the door and crazy look. And um, both Dennis and Mac played Jerry and they had the puffy shirt on and they, they both were doing the exact same yeah. mannerisms. They were recreating the contest episode. and. Uh, D was Elaine, Frank was George. So that, that whole thing was a lot of fun. And, um, I thought that that was just very, so Sonny and, and Seinfeld are very spiritual. Sonny's like the spiritual successor of Seinfeld. They do a lot of the same bits. They do a lot of the same, like, um, starting off in different areas of the episode and ending up all where, where their hijinks interact with each other and just a very, um, you know, very similar shows. So I think I have to go with that. 
Um, and then next we had Brian Lefebvre, same at Bird of War. Kaka! Uh, better one time Sonny character, Tom Sizemore <laughs> as the trucker, who was great, or Sean William Scott as Country Mac. And, you know, Country Mac basically wins this in a knockout. Uh, yeah. the, tr- the trucker was really funny. Like he had some good, good little lines and stuff, but Country Mac is on my short list, and I know yours as well, Austin, for best single episode appearances in the show's history. He's He's just he kills it we picked country mac as the patrick mahomes of it's always sunny in philadelphia because he's the only character without any flaws yep. other than that he doesn't wear a helmet so he he <laughs> obviously yeah he obviously is gonna win that one in a knockout but we appreciate the question brian lefebvre yes. we've got a question here from our irl friend max sprague at maxi sprague would you rather and this is a horrible question we're gonna horrible. give him all kinds of crap about this off air have a season, but Mahomes gets COVID, God. or B, no season, but Mahomes is safe. <laughs> I hate this it. Is, this is a horrible question, and this, honestly, we this is the worst refuse. question ever. This is it the really worst is. question ever. It's awful. Oh, it's would you terrible. rather kill your son or your daughter? Or like, I yeah. mean, you know, like just <laughs> <Yeah>. stop it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got to thinking, and honestly, mm-hmm. if if we don't have a season, I might literally die. So yeah. that was how I approached this is we have to have a football season, which means Mahomes has to get COVID. And God. that's kind of I'm, – I'm playing the percentages here a little bit, right? Like, it is Young. a very serious issue. Yeah. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that I, I am not a COVID denier. I think it is a huge problem. Everybody wear your fucking masks. Right. But he's young. He's healthy. We know that he's basically a mutant, <laughs> you know, with his knee and everything else. So, like – you know, he'll probably be fine. And if we don't have a football season, like I said, I may literally die. So I, I really don't want Mahomes to get COVID and die. And that that is a possibility. <laughs> I That's know. why this is such a devious question. Like, I know. We might have a football season and somebody, hopefully not Pat Mahomes, might literally die of COVID. Yeah. This is just, it's a messed up situation that we're in. So please wear your masks, everybody. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give Mahomes COVID. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> the only way I would take option A is if you can guarantee me Mahomes is fine uh, long term. We can't and 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 yeah, and, know, he, and and he wins a Super Bowl this year again. If you can't guarantee me that, I, I have to take option B. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I think that's the safe play. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. And I completely understand where you're coming from. Obviously, there are no winners here. Well, I'm a winner because I'm going to cut. I'm going to give Mahomes COVID that you said at the end of that sentence. I'm just going to cut that as a separate audio file. (laughs) You are terrible. (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) We've got a question here from Garrick Baldwin at Baldwin underscore Garrick, who are we are inducting into the Birds of War. Welcome. Welcome, Derek. You have uh, you have given us a lot of um, you know mailbag fodder over the over the season, and we appreciate you listening. Yeah, we appreciate your support and your questions, including this one. Kind of a question I have seen bounce around a lot. But if you could only have one, or if you could have one defensive player and one offensive player from Chiefs past on this team, who are they and why, Taylor? Well, you know. There's a there are a lot of ch- to choose from a lot of elite talent on both sides of the ball over the years. Um, except I am, the quarterback, but we have except the quarterback, quarterback, but we don't need to replace him. So, so 
Um, my first, I first thought of my two favorite chiefs of all time that are not current chiefs, which are Jamal Charles and Derek Thomas. Um, sure. They are immediate candidates to uh, step in here, except for, I feel like this question is also with the undercurrent of to help the chiefs kind of, you know, like, like, I feel like if you're going to see one offensive and defensive player from the past on this team, you do kind of want to elevate the game a little bit. So with Damian and Clyde, I do feel pretty comfortable about our running backs. So even though Jamal would be a step up there, I do think that Willie Rofe or Will Shields or Brian Waters and take your pick on that ridiculous 2003 offensive line. Um, they're all, you know, at least Willie Rofe and Brian Waters or and Will Shields, they're all hall of fame caliber. So, um, I would go with uh, probably Will Shields there, but uh, nod to Jamal because I love the guy. Yeah, I had Will Shields also. Uh, I mean, the biggest weaknesses on this team are probably interior offensive line and then probably linebacker. Although Willie Gay, you know, we hope that he's going to. But even if Willie Gay turns out to be good, the rest of the linebackers are still pretty bad so terrible uh yeah so so i was going to take an interior offensive lineman you know take your choice brian waters will shields both amazing uh probably will take will shields uh over brian waters although they're both great both hall of fame caliber um to solidify one of those guard spots and then you've got really elite or at least above average you know above average at left tackle elite at one of the guard spots and elite at right tackle and from there, I mean, you've got a great dynamite offensive line. Uh, the skill players, obviously, it would be hard to upgrade the skill players with Chiefs of, you know, days past. We have the best wide receiver probably in Chiefs history already on the roster, arguably the best tight end and clearly the best quarterback. So on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the obvious answer for me was Derek Thomas or not Derek Thomas, but excuse me. Uh, yeah, I mean, Derek yeah. Johnson. Oh. Derek Thomas would be great. DJ, huh? But I want DJ. Because I want a linebacker and not a pass rushing three, four linebacker. I want a middle linebacker. I want somebody who can go sideline to sideline, plug the gaps. I just think Derek Johnson. I mean, you think about how bad when Derek Johnson got hurt. In, how much worse the chiefs got. Yeah. I mean, just like it to me, like those Bob Sutton defenses, you know, were okay when Derek Johnson was doing his thing when he was yeah. at his peak before the second uh, injury he really tied those teams together. It's amazing all the talent they had rushing the passer and in the secondary, you know, when Barry was healthy and all of that. Marcus, had Marcus Peters. Peters. Yep. Yep. When Derek Thomas or <laughs> Derek Thomas, Derek Johnson, when he went down, when he wasn't playing at his peak, those defenses got really ugly in a hurry. And frankly, the linebacking core has never recovered no. uh, since he retired. So, or since he became a Raider and then retired, but Ugh. choosing, yeah, we're choosing Why'd to write that, to out? that up. Jeez. Yeah, no, so I'm, <laughs> that's, that's the I'm, biggest bummer of the show so far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I apologize. Why don't you for save that. the day, Sam? Yeah. Don't you remember Jamal Charles was a Bronco too? Oh, oh no. <laughs> I said, save the day. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. But speaking of Jamal Charles, the only running back of the 21st century to actually be valuable, I was, <laughs> I, of nice. course, I would really consider him. But he was a Jaguar too. Oh yeah, he was. Ugh. Yeah, for like that a is, day. <laughs> that was not long at all. No. But yeah, I would agree. I would go with the interior offensive line because all the positions that are valuable and important are pretty much filled and great for the Chiefs. Another one I also would consider is oh tony gonzalez 
Could you imagine sure. a, a five a five Jeez. wide a, a five wide with Tony <laughs> Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman? It, it that is pretty tasty. That is unbelievable. With Pat Mahomes throwing him the ball. <laughs> Pat Mahomes throwing him the ball. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with Will Shields for the interior offensive line help out guard, and then on defense, previously mentioned Marcus Peters. I, obvi- I that's another article I wrote recently. Ch- check it out. Check it out. Check Mark- them out, guys. Wichita Chiefs, Sam, PFF under yeah. Chiefs, yeah. SI, check yeah. out Prom- Sam Hayes anywhere Prom- you can. Prom- promotion, man. <laughs> but uh, Mar- Marcus Peters is not what people think he is. He's not burnt toast. He's not no. just a ball hawk. He is an elite top five corner legitimately. And him being our number one corner to help out Ward, to help out Matthew when every plays in the slot, to help out with just the whole DB group as a whole, as, as enticing as Derek Johnson is, I got to go with Marcus Peters. That's a, it's a good choice. And uh, we appreciate you throwing that up there. Cause you know, that'll generate some clicks. It'll, it will. it'll, uh, it'll get some people up in our mentions and you know, <laughs> we have to stand real quick for Mitch Schwartz because Austin, you mentioned that the chiefs would have an elite right tackle. And I just can't believe the disrespect that Schwartz has been getting from from the the ESPN lists and from you know people that scouts that say that he doesn't have the the physical the height and and the it just he's the best offensive tackle in football right now and anyone who thinks otherwise at least right tackle um it's just it makes me mad yeah that's that's the thing i i uh, schwartz i would say is the best offensive tackle the thing that makes it a little bit tougher is that the other guy who I think has a great argument is another right tackle in Ryan Ramchek with the Saints. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Mitchell Schwartz for that article of NFL people to say that he's not a top 10 offensive tackle mm. is, is it might be the worst take of, <laughs> of the year for football, which is a hard, hard one to do that. That is a very high bar. Yeah. Well, um, our next question that we had, so thank you for that, Garrick. That was, uh, that was a fun little, little exercise. The next one is going to just really trigger me, but Jordan knew this when he asked the question. Jordan Scarin at MRJ1128. He is a bird of war. Kaka. Hello, Jordan. Thank you for increasing my blood pressure with this, but here we go. If you could fix Madden and make it a better game, what would you do? Well, we don't have time for that, but, or (laughs) if Madden is beyond fixable, what football video game would you design and what would you call it? So he really wanted me to just do a whole dissertation here. Yeah. He wants you to drop a bomb here. Bring, bring back NFL 2k. Apparently that'd be great. That'd be great. So what I, so this is obviously near and dear to my heart. I am a once lover of Madden and I am now a vocal hater. And there are many reasons for that. Um, the one thing that I think needs fixing is the exclusivity deal that EA has with the NFL. That's what needs fixing because by allowing multiple companies to crack at it, competition would fix all the other stuff. It would fix all the laziness that has been rampant in the Madden franchise for at least the last 10 installments. Probably that's probably a little, uh, little kind on them. Um, they take out more features than they introduce every year. The AI is a broken and confused mess. It's barely football. I, I'm going into my reasons why I hate Madden. Uh, these, the guys that are rated 99 basically play the same exact game as the guys that are rated 60. They just drop passes more often when they're low. It's, it's, it's a travesty. It's, it's not, no good. So 
there are way too many uh, video games these days that get physics right, that get AI, that get all of the things that would make a football game wonderful. Um, they just don't have the the deal. They just don't have the NFL rights. And so give that game to literally any of those studios, get it out of EA's hands forever. I hate you, EA Sports. I hate you, Matt. The end. Yeah. Uh, every time I play Madden at this point, I I mainly just want to do the GM stuff and yeah it's just, the that's, simulator that's, stuff that's, yes. that's that's what that's what entices you because when you actually play the game you just hmm. don't feel much you no. just you go through the motions and you just see a bunch of non-realistic garbage playing as GM is or owner or owner right. is is easily the most enjoyable thing about Madden and I guess maybe creating an ultimate team but Madden already puts enough focus on that well Sam how about this uh Jordan also followed up and he said also with our current running back room the two Williamses Clyde D Darwin uh Washington and McGuire what do you expect the final roster to look like there so put your GM hat on you just said you like <laughs> being GM well, do do they do they trade somebody do they cut you know, uh, Elijah McGuire and maybe Dwayne Washington. What's going on there? If it were up to me, I would keep Edwards Alaire. I, I would keep Darwin Thompson, which some people, there's yeah. some people that yeah, he do not like casualty. that. There's yeah. a lot of people that do not want Darwin Thompson on this roster soon. And I disagree with that strongly. DeAndre Washington looks interesting from the Raiders uh, with his receiving ability. And he, he's got some good Dang, numbers. Did I call him Dwayne Washington? Yeah, I always it, get those. He's DeAndre. That's right. DeAndre right. Washington. And then I think if I were to trade one, it would be Damian. But I, I also expect him to be on the final roster. I don't know if I expect it's between Darwin and Daryl, I think, for the for a if there's a fourth running back spot. But I, I think DeAndre so Washington you've got, will make it. You've got Damian, Clyde, um, Darwin, DeAndre. and DeAndre Washington. Those that, are your that four. Would, that, that would be my ideal one. Cut I, Elijah McGuire. Cut Daryl Williams. Yeah, that would be my ideal scenario. Sounds about right. And then if I were to trade one, trade one, I would get, uh, I would trade you. You get the most for Damian. Obviously, they're not yeah. trading Clyde anywhere, and the other guys wouldn't even. Yeah, really I, get I, I would hope, people. I would hope that Damian could get an okay day three pick. Yeah, sounds about right. As someone who is rostering both Elijah McGuire and Daryl Williams in our <laughs> dynasty league, Daryl the Barrel, I would be very upset if both of those players were to be cut. However, they are at the very bottom of my roster. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Clyde's not going anywhere. Uh, I think the idea of us trading Damien to a Bill O'Brien type for an extra pick <laughs> is hilarious that and somewhat guy. plausible. Yeah, Make it two years in a row. Did it yeah, right? Carlos exactly. Hyde. Yeah, right. exactly. Or, you know, a team like Seattle, which now signed Carlos Hyde, but has some injury concerns with their other backs. Um, you know, I think it's possible we could get a pick back for him, but... This is one of those areas, and I think you alluded to this, Sam, where the Chiefs are just going to do what they're going to do. Like, Damien's going to be on the roster, and that's fine. Good for him. Yeah, I don't have um, a problem with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we have a kind of a, a couple of related questions here. First one came from Jason at Jason Schwinn, who also gave us a draft for later in the show. So we're going to save that. Yep. But he had a question. One player from both the offense and the defense has to switch sides and play the entire season on the opposite side of the ball. Who do you choose and why do they have the best chance of being successful? And our man, Corey, asked a similar question at Corey 4 the artist chief, one of our birds of war. Same deal, except he has to switch five players. That's way too many players, Corey. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're just going to do one. I will start it off. And I was going to switch Tyreek from offense to play DB. 
Hmm. But then I saw the video of Tyreek getting mossed yeah. by a high schooler. By a kid, yeah. Which is hilarious. I mean, Great catch like, by the kid. It was a great catch. It was a great throw. And obviously Tyreek was not going super hard on a high no. school kid, right? Like no. this guy's like 16 or something like that. Yeah, he's playing. Uh, Tyreek's definitely not running full speed. And he had great coverage on the guy, right? right. But five, Tyreek's only 5'10". This guy just went up for it and took the ball over him. Yeah, I don't care how fast you are if you're not tall enough to play corner. Yeah, I mean, like, and Tyreek's got great ball tracking skills. I feel like he would be a pretty good DB in a pinch, but uh, he's too valuable on offense. So, Oh, do I, we have to consider that? I didn't consider removing them from one side. Well, yeah, it says to take... Yeah. It says to take them and swap them to the other yeah, side of the ball. So you're right. you're right. So I'm not taking Tyreek off offense. I'm taking McColl, who played DB in college. Nice. And I'm moving Hardman to cornerback because you can never have too many. And our cornerback position's a little thin, and somebody's got to do it. And then I can still use him on special teams. So he's still <laughs> providing some value as a returner. As for the defensive players switching over to offense, I feel like the obvious choice here is Colin Saunders. He was a great running back in high school. Right. I'm, uh, I'm dusting out the, uh, you know, the hungry pig playbook. I'm nice. putting him on offense. I'm throwing him some You're screens. keeping him at running back. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm keeping him. I'm just returning him to his natural <laughs> position. His natural habitat. <laughs> his uh, natural yeah. position of running back. So that's my choice. Uh, I love Sam, it. Sam, what you got? Um, so I also went with Colin Saunders, but I, I have him at guard. Yeah. Okay. Now, sure. He makes a lot that's more a, sense. A little, bit, a little bit more sensible. Um, I, I do, I do not like the idea of McColl on defense. Just, just let, let him stick on offense, please. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll say Garrick Dieter because nice. he's, he's lo- lower, lower on the roster. Sure. And I'll put him at safety. All right. I okay, like it. Sure. Sheepdog like at safety. I like and that. And the yeah. offense doesn't miss his absence yeah, at all. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm keeping the offense powerful. Smart. That was smart. And, and so I just go to the bottom of the roster. I put someone – I can dare, uh, Dieter can be like the fifth safety or whatever. <laughs> sure. Nice. And he, he can be okay there. That was clever. That was, that that was, was very clever. clever. That, was, uh, that was smart stuff. I was thinking about athleticism, and there are a lot of guys on this team that – I think of when I think of athleticism, but on the defensive side of the ball, one thing I keep hearing about Willie Gay is how he's just a, mm, just a freak, a just a freak oh, athlete. Yeah. And, and he's going to be versatile and he's going to be able to go do a lot of what you, you know, would like anyone to do on a football field. He's going to be successful at it. And so I'd say stick him out wide, stick him at wide out, let him, you know, <laughs> let him run around, let him bash Ooh. into some guys, let him jump up for the ball, let him just do, you know, some red zone targeting. He's a big dude. So, I mean, he's a big wide out, but he's not, I don't think he's quite big enough to play tight end. So I'm going to go with uh, Willie take Gay. The Demarcus Robinson wide receiver blocking downfield role. Exactly. And, like and he, he would be a monster at it. Yeah, and then, and then, then we can let go of D-Rob. If we <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. He's, Sam's always pulling strings. You know, he's, uh, he's the mastermind <laughs> in the coil for sure. That's right. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I really would like to call an audible here because as much as, as fun as it would be to take someone that's really good at offense and move them on the defense, I really like this idea of keeping the offense as stacked as possible. Um, so I'm going to go with my guy, Andre Bacellia. <laughs> oh, no. Who is the undrafted wide receiver who ran a – He four, got some speed. He did. He ran a 4-2-4-40 at the Combine, the second fastest behind Ruggs in, of all the rookies. That's um, so nasty. So, so he's just going to burn, and I'm going to do the same type of situation that Austin was trying to go for with Tyreek there with a really fast guy that 
is going to play DB, but I also love not pulling anyone from the offense in order to do it. So uh, a little best of both worlds there. And Andre Bacellia is going to play DB. It's a little concerning that all of us are taking offensive <laughs> players and making them defensive backs, but you know what? We made it work last year. We'll make it work again. That's right. uh, we've got a question here from Nick Mullins at McMillan. Would you rather cry bowling balls or pee spiders? <laughs> this question is extremely crass, but we'll answer it anyway. I would for sure pick crying bowling balls because yeah. I may cry quite a bit, but not as much as I pee. And <laughs> while I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably fine with spiders. I don't want to be peeing them on a daily basis. So thank you for the question. <laughs> thank you for the question, Nick. Yeah, uh, we've got a, we've got a question here from our man, Brian West Hughes at West Zeus, another one of our birds of war. <laughs> this is a shout out to our girl, Katie Camlin and breaking the Pat Mahomes news before Schefter last week. Have you ever actually had Dom Perignon? And if so, is it actually worth it? I personally have not. I have not. Nope. Well, man, that's, that's disappointing. I was <laughs> hoping out. that at least one of us would have had it. We yeah. can't speak to that, Brian. But nope. I will tell you, I did recently pick up a couple bottles of the uh, specialty, you know, the specialty drinks that we have prepared for the Chief Super Bowl victory, you know, all the commemorative drinks that we're going to have to have Katie on to answer this Dom Perignon question. Yeah. Because I have not actually had it. Uh, we got a question here from Joel Ryan at Scum Repub. And this is one of those questions that, you know, Twitter moves fast. So if you missed this tweet a couple of days ago, I will contextualize this question for you. What is your take on Mahomes versus Tyson in a fight? See Skip's feet of confused. So Skip Bayless said that LeBron would lose to Mike Tyson in a boxing match. Now, when I saw this tweet, guys, I did not click on it because yeah. I don't care. Out of principle. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear Skip's take on this. So I actually am not even 100% sure why this was even being discussed LeBron versus Mike Tyson. I blocked skip on Twitter. So I, <laughs> that's I, a good idea. I saw this tweet and I was like, well, I can't see this and I choose not to see it. So uh, all, all I had to say is Mahomes by first round knockout. <laughs> oh, I like, I love the confidence. I mean, yes. yeah, I sure. Why not? Mahomes by first round knockout. We got you, Joel. <laughs> all right. So, Next, we've got another of our very loyal listeners, Peter Yadrich at Peter Wygolf, Bird of War. Uh, today, I ask you a modern classic. <laughs> Would you rather have your dong be the size and shape of your nipples or your nipples be the size and shape of your dong? Does the presence or absence of balls change your answer in this hypothetical? Please elaborate as much as possible uh thank you peter for that very classy and um yeah it's a little uh, i guess related to our sponsor there the uh, manscaped go guys yeah go, that's true go, go use your go use the code sunny and kc we have been getting a ton of love for manscaped on our um ad success they've been saying that um it's been doing great so we appreciate all of you for doing that if you do use manscaped our code uh please tweet austin or i with your proof and we will shout you out on the pod and make you unless you don't want to be shouted out you know so uh yeah i guess there's a little privacy there but you're just shaving man there's hair everywhere i don't understand the anyways let's get back to peter's question shall we (laughs) um i feel like this is an absolute no-brainer you get dong-sized nips and then just either amputate the excess or just deal with them no (laughs) way 
do I want a nip sized dong? That <laughs> no. is more of a ding than a dong. Uh, and plus, if you're ever in trouble, you can start swinging all three of them and get that <laughs> Chinook effect, you know, the, the triple helicopter and just fly sure, yeah. out of danger. So uh, dong nips over nip dong. Thank you for that, Peter. Uh, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was an interesting question. You always keep us on our toes. He never misses. He never misses, much like Brett Beach. We have a question here from another bird of war at Praise Be Mahomes. Uh, what is your favorite Mahomes cold take from around the league from the time that we drafted him until week one of 2018 when he started lighting it up? Uh, let's limit it to people in the league slash media because finding stupid takes from randos on Twitter is too easy. <laughs> to be true. honest with you, Praise Be Mahomes, finding bad takes from people in the media and in the league is also too easy. It's very uh, easy. I feel like there's an obvious answer for this. So so obviously the legendary TJ Carpenter, mm -hmm. most high school offense of all time tweet where he said he was going to throw a ton of picks. That tweet is somehow still on Twitter, despite the fact that Chiefs fans routinely, like every three months, that tweet gets recirculated and redunked <laughs> on. And I, I will give TJ very limited props for not deleting it, because one of my favorite takes was a tweet from Dieter Kurtenbach, nice. who replied to that tweet. And this tweet is absolutely gone from the internet. But he replied to this tweet, and he said... It's amazing to me, I'm paraphrasing, but it's amazing to me that people think that Patrick Mahomes will not only be no bake, but better than Alex Smith ever was. Oh. And I replied to this tweet midway through 2018 with just call him no bake and better than Alex Smith ever was Mahomes. <laughs> and shortly after that, the tweet was deleted. Of course it was. I just want to say generally, and then I'll kick it over to you guys. I think the the weirdest take, the coldest take that I just, in hindsight, now I didn't spend a ton of time. I, I'm not a scout and I didn't spend a lot of time crushing Mahomes film prior to the draft. I don't understand how people were critiquing his ability to read the field post snap. Oh, Like people, and this goes back to the TJ Carpenter tweet, like he was going to throw a ton of picks. He really didn't have a very high interception rate in college. He had a low interception rate. In college. He actually he just had threw a, a ton. Yeah. He just threw the ball a lot and he was trailing a lot. You know, he yeah. was much like he has been in the NFL. You know, he was making high risk plays, but without the risk. And I just feel like, I mean, even in his very first NFL start when he was still pretty raw, or should have been pretty raw. Hmm. Like the the post-snap vision, the ability to see the field when the play breaks down and and create plays without turning the ball over. I just don't understand how people missed on that. Like people were saying, yeah, I mean, people he's... were saying, you know, that he can't read the field or whatever. That's crazy. That is a crazy <laughs> It's like his number it's a crazy one skill. Take. It's yeah, literally exactly. his number one skill. <laughs> it's literally the best thing about Patrick Mahomes, and there yeah. are like a million things to choose from. I have a quick one, and then I'll go to Sam. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen the Mike Golick video by now. Uh, yeah. He said before the 2018 season started that he's going to struggle. Pat Mahomes did not play his rookie year, barely at all. There is no chance on God's green earth he comes in next year and lights it up. He is going to struggle. So – Obviously, when that didn't happen, Golik has retweeted this video several times. And he, at one point this year, in fact, in this offseason, I think maybe even after the big deal, he said, in my 23 years of doing the morning show at ESPN, this take a couple years ago is probably my biggest swing in this. So he, you know, he at least knew that, um, that he was wrong there. But that is, that is as freezing cold as freezing cold takes get. Yeah, I I have to go with TJ as well. We 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 all we all saw it coming. It TJ happened. Pr it happened pretty early. 
and we all knew it was a bad take. And anyone who's like in favor of pass first offenses knew that they were going to light it up and it was not going to be some high school offense yep. as he as he said that is the that is one of the biggest football boomer moments i've ever seen on twitter that was really bad <laughs> football boomer moment I love yeah that. that's great i really like that phrase i'm going to definitely be stealing that uh i i i like that tj tweet because anybody who's anyone i mean i like that it's still up because you can go back and everybody can kind of pull their own receipts on that like the he was getting ratioed when that first happened which was i think in may of 2018 <laughs> before you know he had ever been the chief starter he'd played one game so shout out to chiefs kingdom for ratioing tj even before patrick mahomes threw 50 touchdowns in his first season that was pretty cool we've got another bird of war here james mcgregor at mac truck 2087 Ka-ka! y'all may have explained this already and i missed it but could you all explain why you went with birds of war instead Ka-ka! of related. <laughs> yes, thank you, Taylor. Uh, also, at what time do you see a restructure of the Mahomes contract? I have my opinion. What's yours? Uh, Birds of War is obviously a reference to the greatest Always Sunny in a Philadelphia episode of all time, The Gang Wrestles for the Troops, an episode that both Taylor and I would pick number one overall in a draft. What? And in fact, we did pick <laughs> yeah, it right. number one overall when we drafted Always Sunny episodes. So not cheese related, but it is sunny related. So stomp, that's why we clap, that. stomp, stomp, clap. It's a very, it's a good little bit where they dress up as eagles and they're wrestling. And if you haven't seen the show before, um, I mean, you should just, you, you should just, just go watch the gang wrestles for the troops. It's and fantastic. at least it's a great intro into the show. And you will, if you were a member of the bird of birds of war and you have not seen this video of the three guys from always sunny, dressed as eagles um please go do that now it's great yeah so then for the other part of this question i can just kind of handle this one um as far as when you see a patrick mahomes restructure so the obvious answer here is in 2027 which is when his cap hit is 59.95 million dollars 59 million nine hundred fifty thousand dollars pretty hefty he'll be worth every penny he will he will be and honestly like i mean i do think it's it's entirely possible that that he has a 60 million dollar tech cap hit and they just take it i mean the cap could be 300 million dollars by then right it it probably won't be but it could be they could restructure him and give him more money they could in 2027 he could be underpaid that was being you know that number that 300 million dollar number was what was being bandied about when the new cba was being negotiated before kind of everything shut down from covid i don't think that that it's out of the question that in six years that the cap is north of $300 million, in which case $60 million for your quarterback is not that big of a deal. It's a 20% cap hit. So I think that's the obvious answer to bring that down. Uh, But the chiefs are pretty tight against the cap the next couple of years. I think there's a possibility you could see a restructure in the near future. I think the next couple of years and then five, six, seven years down the road are the, the two most likely times, you know, to see that first restructure. Um, but that's a good question. We appreciate that. James, we've got one from Chad Van Dam at Chad Van Dam 11, another one of our birds of war. Taylor, do you want to handle this one? Yeah, I do. Uh, which current player on the roster has the best chance of playing the longest with Mahomes? So um, on the current roster, you would think one of the rookies <laughs> just based on age and Mahomes is for sure going to be around forever. So um, you know, Clyde or gay, one of the guys that, um, is not only, and maybe gay more than likely than Clyde due to the running back shelf life. Yeah, I mean, we, none of us want Clyde to get, get paid. 
Right. Uh, that's true. And, <laughs> yes. and I, and the chances of a running back sticking around longer than any of the other players on his, in his rookie class is probably pretty low. So all of that is probably, um, probably to say Willie Gay is my answer there. You're dead wrong, Taylor. It's Harrison Bucker. Boom. Dang. Ooh. On the current roster. Yeah. Yeah. Cause kickers play forever. Yep. Or you on that one, man. Yeah. Ooh. Obvious choice. Harrison yeah. Bucker. That's what it's going to be. I chief for life there. and chief for life. So, you know, Harrison Butker is a very good choice that I didn't think about, but I'm going to go with McCall Hardman. Nice. Okay. All right. Interesting. Cool. He's going to be an old man. He's he, going to be around for a while and he's going to be very productive for a while. We got a McCall Hardman number one fan on, yes. on the pod. And I love it. I'm yes, totally me too. here for it. Me too. Uh, so next we had a question from juicy Josh 97. I wonder if he has a, some pants with the word juicy on the butt uh capri sun fan account hello i too Josh. love capri sun so i, I do too <laughs> question for the pod if you could remake any movie with members of the chief's organization i.e and he has three great examples here tommy boy with pat and travis kelsey which is just <laughs> just makes my heart sing thinking about that the godfather with andy and brett veach also just great or the dark knight with tyron matthew and sammy and <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really know who would play what roles there. They're yeah. both insane. And so yeah, I don't was, think either was of them would be Batman. Choice. I think they would be Bane and the Joker in some way. <laughs> yeah, I think, sure, I, you know, right. uh, so those are great, first of all, as an intro to this idea. And then he said, what would you like to see most slash the most ridiculous combo? Uh, you guys do great work and make it a little sunnier in the kingdom. So we appreciate that juicy Josh. Um, the suggestions are already bangers. If I had to choose another one, I'd maybe go with, Top Gun, oh, and obviously pick Pat as Maverick. Obviously. Nice. And then, you know, I was thinking about who would make the best Goose. Uh, they're all just such characters on this team. You know, yeah, Tyreek, Kelsey, Kelsey Goose. Tyran, Frank, CJ, Sammy. Uh, I was thinking maybe Sammy as Iceman. I love the idea of Sammy acting. I think that is just... It just makes me, I just have to see, after I especially mentioned Sammy as Bane or the Joker or something, I just feel like Sammy as Iceman would be a nice little pairing there with that. I love the Top Gun choice. I don't know if you know this about me, but I I love Top Gun. I know you It is an amazing movie. It is. Very excited for the sequel. Me too. Uh, it's, It's brilliant. And I think that is a great choice. So I commend you on your choice. I would say Pat as Maverick, obviously. Slam dunk. Yeah, for sure. And then I think Travis Kelsey as Goose would be a great choice. I would take uh, – yeah, I would actually take – this is such a such a bland answer. Alex Smith. Alex Smith as Iceman would actually be an amazing choice. That's good. If we cast former Chiefs, that's how he flies, ice cold, no mistakes. That's That it's describes Alex, Smith. Alex Smith's quarterbacking in a nutshell. That's perfect. That was, that was it's good. an inspired choice. That's that's great. So we'll cast Alex Smith in there as Iceman. We could have uh, Brett Veach as, you know, Michael Ironside's character. Yeah. Uh, that would be, that would be good. You could, we could do, we could do a lot of work with this. I, I got one for Brett Veach. It's, it's going to be draft day for Brett Veach. Oh, nice. Be, because, Jeez. because the moves that Brett Veach has just pulled off is basically as realistic as <laughs> what was in draft day. That's true. But he actually made it happen somehow. That's good. I love and it. And they were actually good moves too. And they were actually good moves instead of just some good, some bad. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Like <laughs> I made a horrible trade and now I'm going to make a crazy trade to undo the horrible trade. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he never misses. He's just all, he does not miss, uh, you know, all good, no bad, except, except for Anthony Hitchens. That... I was going to say Bruin speaks, but you know, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, but, you know, but I think he likes he to almost do never misses. deals like that so that the NFL doesn't just straight up ban him. That's true. You know, <laughs> like they would just be like, listen, bro, we've had enough. We're going to, we're going to find, you know, a dead body in your trunk that you didn't put there and you're out of here. So <laughs> totally. yeah, that's um, our next question comes from Kevin Meyer, a bird of war Ka-ka! at Casey Kim guy. Uh, he said, what would be the NFL draft process? This is a good question in 2021. If both the NFL and college football Oof. seasons were canceled, Mahomes forbid. I like that phrase. Also, he <laughs> respectfully suggests that the draft order be reversed from that in 2020 <laughs> smiling face. Um, you know, they, there's a lot of uncertainty in the sports world coming up that we haven't even tackled yet. Um, the Eagles just announced that there will be no fans at the link, not just limited capacity, the way that um, a lot of teams are doing, they are actually doing zero fans. So let's just, let's just put our thinking caps on for a second. And if there is no football, the draft process would still be based on their last performances. It would still be based on their 2019 um you know, 2019 stuff, their 2019 film, it would be a little bit older Um, players that would have had a senior year this year and then graduated will clearly um, just not have their senior years. It's going to be really messy, but I don't think much of the 2021 draft process is actually in threat, assuming um, it's assuming it's back to football and we could actually feel the team in 2021. So it's a, it's a icky question to think about, but uh, Kevin, I, I get where your head's at and we do appreciate that. I think that the the more likely scenario than both the seasons being canceled is just college being canceled. I agree with that. I, I think the NFL, and this is partly me wish casting. Yeah, I know, I can tell. Let's be honest. But the NFL is, it is, first of all, a sport run by billionaires. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of money in college football. And they don't have to pay their players So, you know, free labor, but they do have to deal with lawsuits. They have to deal with, you know, players getting sick. They have to deal with different scenarios that the NFL doesn't necessarily have to deal with. And the the money at stake in college football is not the level of money we're talking about in the NFL. So I think it's more likely that we get an NFL season and not a college football season. And if that's the case, then really it just comes down to who has done the most legwork prior to what would have been the 2020 season. And I think the chiefs would be in a great shape there just because obviously at least the last couple of years, you know, they have done a really good job hitting, not only hitting in the draft and hitting on their, their early picks, but man, they have done such a good job under Brett Veach the last couple of years at the bottom of the roster. And With making moves like picking up Traverius Ward, picking up guys like, and I know he's a veteran, but midseason acquisitions like Mike Pinnell, uh, they just have done Suggs. They they have done such a good job of filling out the bottom of the roster. They've had a, a pretty good track record, probably one of the better track records in the league with undrafted free agents, which obviously, you know, those are the guys that you want to have done the legwork on. And even the the starters, I mean, we, we were going through the offense earlier, this juggernaut that we built, but you know, I mean, like a lot of those guys were later round picks. Tyreek Damian Williams. Yeah, exactly. Damian Williams was cast a off from the Dolphins. As, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I, I guess the craziest thing would be like the draft order. Right. And huh. I don't know. What do you think about that, Sam? What would do, do you think that maybe they would uh, repeat the 
previous yeah. drafts or I do. They, they, might, they might do that. You'd I think do. that, but man, that would be really unfair to give a team the number one overall pick two years in a row. That's crazy. I mean, the Bengals could use it. Well, <laughs> sure, they, they could. They could. They, they absolutely could use it. Oh, you give you give the Bengals Joe Burrow and then Penai Suell this year. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a reason why everyone's calling Penai Suell uh, the the greatest offensive tackle prospect in a long time. It is unbelievable how good he is. But uh, yeah, I think there's enough uh, NFL draft uh, coverage already to where I don't think it's going to be too bad. We we there's enough information, enough data, more data than ever on prospects i mean the draft network has their prospect rankings for the 2021 draft they uh put that out immediately Jeez. at while the draft this year was going on it's already at almost 600 prospects in Oof, their in their wow. rankings they, it crazy. is unbelievable great great source by the way if anyone doesn't use the nice. draft network that is the best draft site out there easily thank you for the question kevin and we've got yet another bird of war repping us all the way over in poland pks fan for the pod not really a question <laughs> but wtf y'all can't wear the freaking masks i need the season to happen amen She's winning the super bowl was one of the very few positive things in 2020 thank you polish chiefs fan i apologize on behalf of america for us not being able to wear masks i hope that your words on this podcast as they are disseminated to our listeners will encourage people to wear their masks over in poland you know they're doing sports over in poland you know why because they wore their masks they're basically doing sports everywhere else right now (laughs) yeah they're basically doing sports everywhere new zealand has filled stands for rugby right now it is filled to the brim Listen, New Zealand is an incredible country. Kudos to them. He does have a question here. After Pat and Chris getting signed, what would you say the probability of the Chiefs going back-to-back is? I have them at 55%, meaning I think it's slightly more probable they win it. Am I homer? I mean, mathematically, that is an extremely high chance. You know, the, the, the <laughs> projection models. Yeah, whether it's whether it's 538, whether it's Vegas, whatever it is. The best – the best odds you've ever seen for an individual team to win the Super Bowl prior to the season is probably like what, like twenty percent, something like that. Yeah, would would be the top end. Yep. I think. I mean, we talk about this every week. If there is a season, the Chiefs are going into it with the biggest advantage any team can possibly have in this era, which is to have total continuity for a Super Bowl team, which would be a big advantage in any year. But in a year where the training camp is going to be, I mean, mini camp was gone. You know, no installs, no, no preseason, all virtual, no preseason, probably. No, none. they canceled it. Well, the players asked to cancel it. The owners still want two games. Really? Is what I read today. Huh. I mean, it, pro- it probably is going to get canceled. Okay. Right? I, I've been assuming that they were playing no preseason games. Okay. I think, I mean, the, the big hurdle for the Chiefs is just getting past the Ravens. I don't think there's any team in the NFC. If they make it to the Super Bowl, I don't, I mean, anything can happen in one game, right? But I think the Chiefs are head and shoulders above every team in both conferences, but obviously the Ravens are probably the second best team in they the NFL. They easily are. Easily yeah. are. Yeah. And you got to go through them. And this is the first year with only one bye week. So, you know, if people get sick and Oh, one the one by team, the number 1 seed. Yeah. Correct. Good point. Yes. Good point. Exactly. So, if, you know, I mean, Sam, you're joining us for the first time, but I absolutely hate the one bye because it essentially makes the buy random based on scheduling and injury luck is my opinion. 
um, you know, the Chiefs and the Ravens would probably both get a buy in a normal two buy environment, but now it's just going to be chalked up to who gets less COVID infections and who has a slightly more favorable schedule, which is the Ravens last I checked. Um, I still think the probability is really high. Like I, I'd say 20, 25%. But that's like my brain speaking, because in my heart, it's 100%. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a pretty fair percentage, I'd say. Yeah, 25 is like, um, you know, especially for these unprecedented times and for the roster that the Chiefs have constructed and for the, the roadblocks or lack thereof roadblocks, you know, there's no more Patriots dynasty. There's no more, you know, I mean, it's really the NFL is there for the Chiefs taking and there, there's really not a ton to stand in their way. Um, there are some nice teams out there, obviously the saints and the bucks and some other, you know, there are going to be some, some hard teams, but nothing that, um, I think this team isn't prepared to handle. So I would go at 33% chance. I think that if you play this season out 30 times, the chiefs probably win 10 Super Bowls, something like that. So thank you for the question, PKS. We appreciate you over in Poland. Please tell your listeners we dropped out of the Poland rankings in Apple Podcasts, and we would like to get back in there. That was a badge of honor for us. So we appreciate you. Our next question is from, obviously, a loyal listener. Again, Corey, the artist chief, 4K, at Corio 4 Bird of War. Kaka! Question for the pod. What kind of ridiculous contract do you think Baker Mayfield will get with the Browns, or do you think they move on from him? Very loaded and good question. Uh, Follow-up, where do you rank him out of all 32 starters? Hashtag Birds of War, and he put hashtag Let It Fly. He's been (laughs) – Corey's been playing around here with our Birds of War – Our hashtags. He originally had Time to Fly, which, as he noted on Twitter, Austin and I liked a lot. And then – we clicked on the hashtag for time to fly <laughs> and we found out that it is a St. Louis Cardinals hashtag. And that just, not only no, does that not, not fly, that. that actually soured Corey in my book a lot. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> Corey. I love you, buddy. But we love all of our St. Louis listeners. We do. I will tell you, I, you can go back and find some very hateful tweets about St. Louis in my <laughs> timeline, but you're all part of the kingdom. Now your yes. team moved to Los Angeles and there's only one team in Missouri now, and we're all united under the banner of Chiefs Kingdom. So we might not like the Cardinals, but we like you guys. Yeah, yeah, no, the Cardinals are still trash. And and, and we at least uh, at least we also have hockey. I, let's go Blues. Blues fan, Royals fan, Chiefs fan. We there you go. We can we can have that too. I'll take totally your word reasonable. for it, Sam. Um, after and so Corey Baker, uh, yeah, Baker. Back to Baker. Um, you know. Baker has a lot riding on the line here. He season, he, he has a lot of correct. Um, he has the potential and the story and the draft slot to command a lot of money if he has an extremely successful year. He has the pieces around him. He has a franchise that's begging for a superstar quarterback. They absolutely, you know, Cleveland needs this worse than Baker does at this point. And um, if he comes out and he puts up what Baker Mayfield showed in his rookie year that he would be capable of doing in the NFL, which is a top 10-ish, top 8-ish type quarterback performance in the NFL, you know, the the Browns are going to want him to keep stick around. They had the horrible situation with Freddie Kitchens. They kicked Kitchens to the curb. If, if Baker can come out, throw to OBJ, throw to Landry, throw to Austin Hooper now, I mean, he has it in front of him. So I don't quite know he's going to do it. I don't quite have a lot of faith in Baker as a quarterback. Um, but I think that so. Th- so then I'll 
I'll answer the follow-up and then I'll kick it to you guys. I would rank him probably 16th or 17th out of the 32 starters. I think he's not as bad as the bottom half of the NFL, but I certainly would come up with a bunch of names that I think are better than him. Obviously, Baker was great in college. Baker was great as a rookie. His sophomore year was not great, but Freddie Kitchens really was that that bad and maybe worse. Yeah. He 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 was the worst play caller in the NFL, I'd say. Uh Baker has a lot of talent and I I would love to see him get a good third season in as long as the Chiefs still are better than the Browns. I would love to see Baker thrive if uh as as long as the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC and all that stuff, win Super Bowl. But I'd say as a rookie, he was around that eight to ten area. Sophomore, he was probably outside the top twenty. Yeah. Uh, and a ju- in, in his in his junior year, I think he'll be somewhere in the middle. I think he'll be the fourteen fifteen area. I was gonna say sixteenth. Uh, so Taylor, I was right right in lockstep with you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the the second part of it, what kind of ridiculous contract do we think that Baker is gonna get? Uh, I can't wait to see the next quarterback who gets paid. Dak Prescott obviously had a chance. There was a rumor that they were offering him somewhere around 30, 35. I thought I saw five. Yeah. Yeah. About 35 mil a year guaranteed, which honestly I think would be pretty, it's, it sounds like what was reported was that Dak was interested in that, but then they ran out of time because that's what happens when you wait until literally the day of the deadline to man. It's too bad. They didn't know this deadline was coming up. (laughs) Yeah, Seriously. (laughs) Um, But Honestly, like I feel like thirty-five million a year for Dak would have been a good deal for the Cowboys. Like I, I think that I think mm-hmm. that would have been a good outcome for them, especially you know if they get four or five years out of that. That didn't happen, so we're gonna go a while before we see. I mean, it's probably gonna be Deshaun Watson is gonna be the next quarterback contract that we get to see, and I'll be really curious to see what that looks like. Um, then, obviously, next year you're gonna have Baker. Uh, Josh Allen was in that class. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lamar was in that class. Lamar and will be extremely interesting. L- Lamar, ooh, yeah. I, I, I wonder if Lamar gets like the forty-plus million-dollar deal because he's won an MVP. He's yeah. gotten him a one seed. I, that's yeah. he's worth it based off that year if he can just continue it. Yeah. But it, it, it will be based on if he can continue. Well, think about how much money Lamar has riding on the line this year. Yeah. If he goes out there and looks like last year at all. I mean, oh, he'll get more money he's getting, he's getting, he's getting, 40, he's getting, he's getting 40, 45 million. Yeah. But yeah. if he goes out there and struggles a little bit and who knows if that would be because of COVID or because it's hard to replicate that elite performance year after year, <sighs> it's because rushing is bad because rushing is bad. And cause he might get nicked up or teams might have the dreaded tape on him that we've heard so much about. <laughs> and if that happens and Lamar goes out there and he, and he's not, you know, he's more like the rookie year Lamar. I mean, he could lose a ton of money on his next deal. I think, um, just to wrap that up, I think what what Deshaun gets uh, when he eventually signs an extension, if the Texans can pull it off, I think that's going to be probably the barometer for next year's batch of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Lamar will, will go above that unless he completely tanks, will go above what Deshaun is getting. That's probably like you're looking best case scenario for Baker. He goes out and has a great year and he gets whatever Deshaun is going to get this year is, is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, and same thing, you know, I mean, like Josh Allen, who knows what he's going to get. I just I'm fascinated by quarterbacks getting paid 
post Patrick Mahomes, I think there's a lot of different ways that that could go because there's a pretty wide range and there's a huge range of skill levels and performance levels from that draft class. And, you know, who gets paid first and who gets paid last and, you know, what they do in this 2020 season, if we have one, all of those factors are going to be super interesting. So I don't know. It'll be fun. It's fun to have our quarterback locked in and then just kind of watch (laughs) and watch the, watch the, the world burn. Yeah, but, exactly. But, but uh, yeah, the, something that I thought about: if if Josh Allen gets a major deal, if he gets more than like even Matthew <laughs> Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan or or Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, all these guys who are pretty good, yeah. and then there's Josh Allen who's just yeah, the, circus, the circus clown. <laughs> that that will be. Bills fans are gonna they're gonna come after you hard. Man. Hey, hey, they already do it. Long term, <laughs> that is not gonna be fun for Bills fans. I promise. They already you. do it. That's great. Thank you for the question, Corey. Yeah, we have now reached our draft board. Austin, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce the idea here? Yeah, so we got a suggestion. It's been a while since we've drafted stuff, so I'm glad that we got a draft suggestion here in the mailbag. This is from Jason at Jason Schwinn. Draft idea, most overrated quarterbacks of all time, the who's who of narrative-driven garbage that people think were great. Because Elway is definitely number one, (laughs) striking him from the list. (laughs) Leave him off and take the next 10. Since we have three people drafting, We'll We're gonna take go nine. nine. We'll, we'll do yeah. three each. Elway will be number and one as the tenth. I, yeah, I want. The, exactly. I want the first one. I want the first one. Yeah, Sam. Sam is our guest, so he can have the first now overall pick. Though, and Sam. then I, I came up with one guy. He has one guy. So after <laughs> right. that, he's just gonna be. He's just, he's gonna, just gonna, be gonna be shooting pulling from the names head. from the ether. I love it. Yeah. All right, Sam. That's why don't you start fine. us off, buddy? What do you got? The, this is this is for my guy Josh Briscoe. Uh, number two, Troy Aikman. Nice. Good. That's a great pick. You got any uh, any roasting of Troy that you'd like to get any done juice? here, or do you you understand that everyone knows exactly who you're talking about and what his narrative driven crap is? Um, all I gotta say is he's not 33 percent as good as Pat Mahomes. Woo! Woo! That is Taylor. Do I get a pick next, or do you get a pick? Next? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. If you and I are going based on our last draft, then I believe you had the last number one overall pick. So I guess so that means you. I go first here. Okay. So I will pick, uh, this will be for my, my guy, Barry McCockiner, and I will pick <laughs> oh. Tom Brady as oh. <laughs> narrative driven crap of the, so look, 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 Tom Brady has been the most lucky quarterback of all time. That's he, he has had dominant defenses. He's had the greatest coach of all time. He has had a horrible division. He has just been gifted the most decorated career in NFL history. And yes, he's pretty good at quarterback. I'm not going to say he's not good, but the goatdom that Tom Brady has been elevated to, the Mm. the absolute number one Michael Jordan of football is just utter nonsense. He is all, if you've ever watched a highlight reel of Tom Brady's, it's pathetic. He just throws little dump passes five and 10 yards in front of him and lets his little scat backs go do the work. And it's just, he's had Gronk. He's had Randy Moss. He's had Wes Welker. He, he's had plenty of weapons. The people that say he hasn't had weapons are just, they're just grasping at straws. Um, I, I, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. 
I like both of your picks, not because they're bad picks, but because they give me two picks in a row. And I did have Aikman on my board. I did yeah, not have course. the stones to put Brady on my board. Really? He is very overrated. He's extremely so overrated. Him. He's also very good. So I'm going to take with the fourth overall pick, which Third. is an absolute steal. Well, but counting Elway, you know, he was, oh, the, honor- okay. he was the honorary number one. Elway one, Aikman two, Brady three, who's four? Uh, it's it's Eli Manning, the the John Elway of this era of football, the highest earning athlete of all time, who somehow is going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, we've talked about this on previous yeah. episodes. We had a previous question, you know, asking us to rank the number of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I just want to go through. So baseball reference has something called a black ink monitor, which yeah. counts the number of times that somebody leads the league in a category. It's just kind of a quick way to see like, okay, how many times did this guy lead in home runs or batting average or RBIs or whatever. And with the idea being that if you were a great player, you're going to lead the league in stuff from time to time. And that means you probably should be in the hall of fame. Eli Manning has led the league in one category of all the major categories, I'm not counting sack percentage or right. game winning drives or fourth quarter comebacks. Okay. Right. Those, major aren't real, ones. those aren't real stats. No. He's led the league in one category three times. And that category is interceptions. Okay. <laughs> good so the only time the only time he's ever led the league in anything, it was picks it's and he's done it being three, bad. It's he's done it three times. He's exactly five hundred in his career. He, he is going to be in the Hall of Fame because his last name is Manning and because he beat Tom Brady, the system QB, Twice. in two Super Bowls. Yeah. So for me, it's got to be Eli. I am thrilled to snatch him up with the number four pick. And I've got some really good choices I'm sure going do. forward here. But I think I got one. I, I think I got a sleeper that's going to snake back to me. So I'm going to take here. This is kind of a little bit of a crowd-pleasing pick because <laughs> – I know that Chiefs Kingdom hates this guy's guts. I, I, I think I know who you're going with. I'm going to oh. go with Dan Fouts. Oh. oh. Interesting. I, I, I thought you were going with Peyton Manning, and that was really going to be bad. Oh. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I would, no, I would never, I would never be smirched Peyton Manning. No. I would never Pey- be smirched Peyton Manning. He might be legitimately the greatest quarterback of Peyton's all time. Until, until Mahomes. We have, we have a ton of respect on this pod for Peyton Manning. Okay, we do. He's but d- we do not have any for respect Dan Fouts. for Dan Fouts. Dan, so, Dan Fouts, I agree, yes. Neither Let the me, broadcaster nor the quarterback. Let me give you a quick Dan Fouts roast really quick to okay. just establish why he's a good pick here at number five, counting the honorary John Elway number one pick. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was a six-time Pro Bowler, right? I would love to go back and watch football from the 70s and 80s. Love is a strong word. I would be interested <laughs> to do it. Right. Because I get the sense that, you know, pre-Bill Walsh and Don Coryell, uh, Dan Fouts head coach, that football was extremely crude, right? And a lot of these quarterback statistics don't really make a whole lot of sense in context because nobody really knew what offense was. And the first guys to like design legitimate NFL offenses, you know, their players did extremely well. I feel like this is what happened with Dan Fouts, right? So Dan Fouts did lead the league in passing in, in passing yards four times, but he also threw an outrageous number of passes. Like the Chargers just passed the ball an insane number of times. That's Eric where Coriel, the Eric, Eric yeah. Coriel comes from. Yep. And good for him. He was a visionary years ahead of his time. But Dan Fouts was not actually that good. He just passed the ball a lot. And the Chargers actually didn't have 
a tremendous amount of success considering that Dan Fouts is in the Hall of Fame. I feel like he's the guy that just like, you know, in the late seventies, his head coach was like, what if we throw the ball <laughs> 600 times a year? Uh-huh. Like that'd be cool. Uh-huh. And he led the league in passing four times and he ended up with an 86, 84 and one career record. You know, he never won a Super Bowl. And I feel like he's in the Hall of Fame because his head coach was like, wouldn't it be cool if we threw the ball a lot? <laughs> he's, he's kind of a little bit like, you know, I don't know, almost like a Matt Stafford, except that's that's an insult to Matt Stafford. I it mean, is, but it's he's the same a idea. Yeah, he's Matt, a compiler. Yeah. Matt Stafford is actually really, really good. He yes, is. correct. So he's been Dan on some Fouts, bad teams, but yeah. Dan Fouts is a compiler. I think okay. he's an extremely overrated quarterback. He is in the Hall of Fame, but I'm taking him. He's overrated, and he's a terrible broadcaster, and that's why he's currently on the Okay, I got you. Um, so I'm up next, and I have a couple fun options here that, like you, I'm hoping one of them at least snakes around back to me. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I am going to start with something that seems a little uh, blasphemous at first, but I'm going to go with another TB12, a another one with a lot of rings. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Pittsburgh Steelers legend Terry Bradshaw. Mm, okay. uh, so Terry Bradshaw, while he won a lot of games and a lot of Super Bowls, and he played in the 70s and the 80s, and he he, I just have to, I can't believe these numbers sometimes because I've seen these several times for his career numbers, and I know it's not all about numbers, but it, for me it is. And he checked in. Okay, without looking at it, what would you guess his Completion percentages for his career. Awesome. Uh, I have him on my list also. Got it. All right. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would have considered choosing him as well. So. Okay. So he checks in with a 52% completion percentage, 51.9, which is Josh Allen-esque. I mean, that is real bad, real bad. He has 212 touchdown passes and 210 interceptions for sure. a 70.9 career passer rating which is way worse than the guy that we make fun of all the time, John Elway, yes, who had a 79.9. So, like, look, I get it. TB won a bunch of games, and he's a legend in Pittsburgh and all that stuff. Whatever. The point is he was not a good quarterback. The narratives have driven him there, and he's also insane as an older <laughs> older broadcast fan. So, uh, TB. Those, 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 those steel curtain teams, yeah. <laughs> those were some nasty – those some, some nasty teams back in the day that he got to play with. He did. Pretty fortunate. All right, Sam, yeah. give us two names here. Um, all right. I guess I'm going to throw some more shade at a rival. Love uh, it. Although I guess Tra- Tra- Traikman is a rival, but not Cowboys. <laughs> yes, State. that's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a Raider. I'm going to go with Kenny Stabler. Nice. Okay, yeah. Love nice. it. Uh, he, yeah. He uh, – one of the – highest all-time in interceptions his interception uh, touchdown ratio is really bad and uh like i i know that era comparing different quarterbacks from era to era in like completion percentage or passer rating isn't exactly always valid but there was some there's some rough stats there i've and got he, ken he, is 194 he, touchdowns to 222 picks yeah Oof. that's really bad a higher more picks than touchdowns that's mm-hmm. real bad yeah that's not good at all and then I know a popular name is Joe Namath. Yeah. Um, I, I I think I'll go with Joe Namath. I mean, that's what I choice. was hoping that's was good, going good to pick. snake back around to me. So good pick. For his era, he was still good, but like not that good. We, th- there's there's a legend status surrounding him. 
Yeah, the greatest narrative of all time, or at least one of them. Yep. And and like his his completion percentage in the playoffs was well below 50%. He barely had 50% in regular season. He had a losing record as a starter. He was still fine for his era, but still not near the top of his era. That's fair. That's a good choice. So yep. Taylor, is it back to you? Back and to me I for my, yes, okay. back to me for right. my final right. pick. Okay. So you're I've got, hoping. I've got several still. I've, I've got okay. plenty, plenty of ammo. So you won't be, uh, you won't be disappointed no matter what direction I go in here. Um, so I, I thought about, I guess I shouldn't do thought about while you're still up. Um, Doesn't matter. I've thought about all the same guys that you've thought about. That's fair. You can you can ruminate on whoever you want. I guarantee you, <laughs> I have a couple of rock solid, awesome picks here. Nice, love it. Um, I think I am going to go with Tim Tebow. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And defend. I, I, well, we watched him play. We watched him play for the yeah. He was bad. You know the two very bad years or whatever. But he had tebow mania he had the narrative he might have lost the narrative but he did have it at one point and this is really more like this is my you know my fan from back when tim tebow was actually playing uh you know in the two years 2010 2011 that he played um he just was not good at all he was not good at all and he kept winning games because his uh, people around him were good he didn't have any good stats he didn't he didn't do anything well um i hated him a lot and I thought about roasting a Denver quarterback, and you picked the good ones. So, Tim Tebow, come on Skip, down. Get Skip roasted. Bayless. The old days of Skip Bayless talking yes. about – Yes. What, what, did he, what did he say? He would take Tim Tebow over Aaron Rodgers, did yeah. he say? Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm sure he did. I <laughs> he mean, did. I, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Skip. That's classic Skip. I have I – have, I had a you hot take of the litter. I had a hot takey one which was going to be Aaron Rodgers, but Ooh. I don't have to go hot takey no. because you've left me with two great picks. Okay. I was thinking about taking Michael Vick here, Interesting. but I like Michael Vick. Me too. And yep. I like I, him as a quarterback uh, too. My, Michael, that, Michael Vick was a good quarterback for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think Michael Vick was a victim of circumstance in that he was drafted in an era where people did not understand how to utilize his skill set And, by the time he found a coach in Andy Reid that did know how to utilize his skill set and turned him into like the best quarterback in the NFL for like a year when he had just popped out of prison and hadn't played in a couple of years. Uh, he was great. He was Doesn't awesome. the prison narrative kind of take away from the narrative driven garbage that people think he's great. If no, Mike because, went because Michael Vick, no, I think Michael Vick does have a really strong narrative of support in his ability as a football player. I mean, there are people that that have debated whether or not Michael Vick belongs in the fame in the Hall of Fame. He hmm. does not. No, but I have a no, better one. Okay, than Michael Vick. Who's your better one? Who's the final pick of our draft? It's Andrew Luck. Ooh. And I hate to besmirch. I hate to besmirch. Saucy, wow. a good Ouch. guy, a guy who is recently retired, like the best guy. <laughs> but you know what? Andrew Luck was actually not that great. Okay, like. People would say, I mean, as recently as 2018, his last season in the league, where he finished second in touchdown passes to Patrick Mahomes. Uh -huh. People were saying, you know, he's he's the guy. He's the number two quarterback in the AFC, maybe in the the NFL. Guys, his his QBR that year, Patrick Mahomes' QBR was an 80, and Andrew Lux was a career high 69. Mm, all right, nice, nice, but it's not nice. that nice. I mean. No. 
it's fine. It's okay. That was an obligatory was his, nice. It's not yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Not, not was, an actual nice. No. It was it was fine. It was okay. But you know what? Andrew Luck really wasn't ever a transcendent player. He was never the best quarterback in the NFL. He was really probably never even a top five quarterback in the NFL. Mm. But he was a number one overall pick from Stanford. And we know how those number one overall picks Ooh, from good, California good get blown up. There. Good <laughs> How their there. legends Very exceed, exceed their ability on the field. And he only had one season. He had one season where he led the NFL in touchdown passes. That was in 2014. He had 40. But other than that, he never led the league once in any major statistical category. And, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of success in the playoffs. Now I get that he didn't have similar to another, you know, uh, number one overall pick. He has his defenders who malign the fact that, you know, oh, Ryan Grigson was his GM and he didn't have a lot of talent around him and he was carrying those teams. Well, all right, that's fine. But I'm just not that impressed by the overall body of work. And I hate to beat the guy when he's down. I mean, I'm sure he's enjoying his retired life. He's made millions <laughs> of dollars and he seems, he seems content with not playing football. I'm sure, especially right now. But he's my guy. He's my guy. I'm closing him out. I'm taking Andrew Luck. I I don't think that he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory before he retired. He's never going to make the Hall of Fame now, obviously. Uh, he's, he's overrated. I'm sorry, guys. He's going to be my final pick. So that's our draft, and that's our episode, guys. This was our Super Bowl bye week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Huge props to Sam. We appreciate you being here and sticking with us through the whole pod. We hope you guys enjoyed him. Remember to follow him on Twitter at Wichita Chief Sam. Check out his stuff on at SI Chiefs Arrowhead Report. And we will see you guys next week for a recap of Super Bowl 54. Mm-hmm.